Welcome to FMC Radio, your officially unofficial source for all things Free Methodist. From in-depth discussions with key FMC leaders to daily updates during events like General Conference, we want to keep a consistent stream of information flowing to you regarding where God is leading the Free Methodist Church. I'm your host, Josh Avery. We want to invite you to sit back, relax, and join us on this journey as we learn what it means to be Free Methodist in this episode of the FMC Radio Show. Hey, it's June 18th, 2018. This is episode 61, and I want to welcome all of our new listeners. I want to welcome all of our old listeners, and uh, those who are just joining us, maybe even for the first time, based upon um, maybe you're coming just to hear uh, who's going to be talking today. Here in a little bit, we're going to be interviewing um, a couple. And uh, I'll wait to tell you what that's about in a moment here. I guess I shouldn't give it away yet. Too early in the show to give it away. Um, But I do want to uh, mention something or just kind of talk about something real briefly um, before we get into that. First of all, um, I just want to continue to say thanks uh, to those who are tuning in. I I still not quite sure of the source, but the show has exploded in downloads um, in the last, probably over the course of the last month. Um, And uh, there's just been, I mean, hundreds of downloads uh, per day almost. Um, and uh, it's just great to, to see so many people downloading and, and um, tuning in, hearing what's going on. And I know uh, for many people that are tuning in, I know a few of them because they've told me on Twitter that they're actually going back and starting at the very beginning. Um, so when by the time you're hearing this, it'll be probably uh, quite some time, depending on how long it takes you to listen through. Um, but uh, for those of you who are starting on current time and you're, and you're listening now, um, we want to welcome you. And uh, if you have anything to share with us, stories uh, from where you're at in the uh, in in the country, where you're at in the world, um, please do contact me, Josh, at BeFreeMC.org, um, or you can reach out to us on Facebook.com slash FMC Radio, or Twitter at FMC Radio. Um, so, uh, hey, so I wanted to uh, point out um, over uh, in, the, in the most recent Light in Life, um, we've had one come out for uh, June, of course, and uh, there's an article in there by Mark Crawford. He's, the sta- he's one of the staff writers there at Light in Life. And uh, for some of you, if you, if you read through um, Light and Life, maybe especially if you're older or you're not much on social media, you might have been a little confused when you first glanced at this article. It's titled, What is Your True Twitter Bio? And you go, what, what in the world is a Twitter bio? I don't even know what Twitter is, so I can't, <laughs> that's just confusing to me, right? But I think he did a good job of explaining what it is. Um, it's essentially a description of a person, uh, you write it yourself, on that person's profile. Um, so if that doesn't make any sense to you, the point of the article um, is to say, hey, okay, so if, if you were to write a, a few, you know, maybe one sentence about yourself, If you were to write a few words about yourself, how would you describe yourself? And he said what most people do, and and this uh, guy Mark, he wrote uh, coffee drinking, poem writing, Christ follower. I mean, that sounded great, right? I mean, that was something that that sounded great, but he said what in reality, when he really thought about it, that wasn't really who he was. Sure, he drank coffee. Sure, he, you know, followed Christ and he wrote poems, 
But if he thought about the like everyday, um, everyday thing that he was involved in, the stuff that he was doing that he that he wasn't too proud of, he might say something like, "Lane's husband yells at cars when he's driving, easily distracted by sports." <laughs> so some of those things are good, right? Is it he has a he has a wife, okay? But he's but he but he's honest to say, "Hey, if we were to be honest about ourselves, if we were to be honest about who we truly are." Um, in writing those few words in our own little short biography, what would we say? What would we say about ourselves if we were honest? Um, and so uh, he brings up some other passages, and I would, I would uh, encourage you to go and read um, that, that uh, article there. Again, it's called What's Your True Twitter Bio, and uh, it's in a new, new section of Light and Life called Pop Theology. Um, but uh, it's a great question for us to consider, for us to determine what's inside of us. Um, and if someone were to uh, write a bio about us, someone were to write an honest um, reflection of who we are in you know, three or four words, or maybe you had a whole sentence, what would someone say about you? If, if, if God, who knows you completely, were to write one sentence about you, would he write something like, you know, you're, you're, you have some issues, but you're becoming love? You know, would he write, hey, you're doing a great job? Or would God write, um, you know, something that, that would not be very good? Would he, would he um, write something that you would be embarrassed for everybody to read? Um, and, and so the question, I guess, is, is how can you today, and especially after you read that article and, and you're thinking through these things, how could you possibly um, make the change for things that need to change in your life, things that you need to get over, things that you need to, to deal with, whether that's an addiction or something from your past, uh, so that you could be a better person, so that you can be a more accurate reflection of Jesus, um, so that if a, bio, if a bio was written about you, if a, if a short blurb was written about you, it could actually say that you are, a, are, are reflecting Jesus, that you are trying to be more like him. So that's just a little challenge for you today to think about. Um, let's just let's, uh, leave it at that today, something just to think about as we, as we transition here. And uh, we will be right back talking to uh, some, some pretty interesting people this morning. So we will be right back with them here in a moment. Got to go get them on the phone. This is Bud McDowell, a former announcer for the Light and Life Hour, and you're listening to FMC Radio. Well, today, uh, as I mentioned, we do have some uh, special guests, and I, I think, I guess we'll find out for sure in a moment, but I, I think I can officially say these are the, the newest Free Methodist missionaries that we're talking to uh, on the phone here, and, and they're still preparing. They're getting ready to go over to Hungary, and uh, we have with us Sarah and Wick Anderson on the phone. Uh, thanks for coming on and talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of a lot of stuff, of course, to talk about involving Hungary. Um, I guess I, I want to start uh, really um, where I start with a lot of people who have been in the denomination for a while and just kind of go back. Um, and I guess this is a question for both of you, um, maybe maybe different, um, but just kind of your history um, in the Free Methodist Church and what has led up to the current day. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, we uh, we both have kind of varied denominational backgrounds. Our, you know, we both come from families that were very um, active in our local churches. And then, uh, you know, we, we went to Olivet Nazarene University, and so we were with the Nazarene Church for a couple of years out of college. 
and uh, we really felt like God was calling us closer to uh, family. Um, so we moved to Decatur, Illinois, where there are like five Nazarene churches, and we just figured, well, if God, if you're calling us here, it must be because eventually there's going to be an opening. Uh, I was doing youth ministry, and so we're like, surely there will be an opening eventually. Let's just move there and see what God has in store. Um, so we moved here. I started volunteering at a small Nazarene church, and while we were kind of making things work one day at a time, um, a friend who my wife had met at a, a daycare here in town let us know about the opening at a free Methodist church uh, here in Decatur, and we didn't know a lot about the free Methodist church, but we kind of talked to our mentors. I talked to some of my, my ministry mentors, and um, they affirmed that the free Methodist church was very similar theologically, and so we started investigating, um, and, and man, it, it turned out to be a really great fit, and we have found our new home in the free Methodist church. That was way back in 2006, and we've been um, at Decatur's Free Methodist Church for about 12 years now. Yeah, I was going to say, but that's about 12 years, okay. Yeah. Ever since. And you've been doing youth ministry there? Yeah, yeah, okay. I've been doing youth ministry with the uh, Mountford Free Methodist Church and also, um, you know, at the conference level and even at the national level, it's been uh, it's been great to get involved in, in both, uh, you know, serving and in leadership even. Yeah, definitely, uh, and that's... The, ordained that, in 2009, so that helped a little bit as far as just kind of connecting with other you know, ministries and pastors that are out there. Yeah, 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 and and I've I've seen some of the uh, the stuff that you've been a part of. Of course, that's where we've met over the years a few times um, through some of the yeah. FMYC, and uh, I think even back to um, you know when they I think you were involved uh, when they just started making the change in the name. It was IYC before and kind of starting to change some things um, yeah. right around the time that you started getting involved. I think. Um, yeah, at the national level. Uh, yeah, back when we changed from the. National Student Ministry Team to be the FM Infused. Uh, yeah, just trying to help communicate that we didn't want youth ministry just to be a, a national effort, but we wanted to help infuse um, the heart of the Free Methodist denomination and the ethos into every local church and local context. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And so you've had these these 12 years, plus, in the Free Methodist Church at least, um, of the youth ministry, and now... Um, I guess we'll get into in a moment kind of the, the switch and, and not that you're not going to have any involvement with youth in another country, but it's going to be a totally different change of pace uh, from what you have been doing. Um, but I guess before we, before we even jump into that um, still, let, let's, let's go back even a step um, further and just how did you two, um, how did you two meet? And you have, you have three kids, is that right? We have four girls. Oh, four yeah, girls. Here, okay. Now let my wife talk. I, I'm a natural microphone stealer. Yeah, go ahead. Yes, we have four girls. Our oldest, Addie, is 11. And then Sophie is 10. Ruby is 9. And Phoebe, our youngest, is almost 7. Okay. Yeah, so, and so we met back in 1999. We were both freshmen at Olivet Nazarene University. And I was starting a small group through our university church with Dan and Denise Boone. And so I invited Chadwick to be part of our Bible study, our small group, and he accepted and we became friends and started dating that winter a few months later. And then we got married December of 2002 in the middle of our senior year. 
And so we've been married now for 15 years. Okay. Four kids. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So that's a, Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of different things that have happened within those. You said it was 14 years. 15 years. 15 yep. years. Yeah, so, so okay, so so 12 of those are at the same church there um, in Michigan. And then you have, um, in, in the meantime, okay. you guys... We're, we're in Decatur, Illinois. Sorry. I'm sorry, Illinois. <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> so, um, Illinois, so you have so you have all this going on. You got the, the, the um, you're getting married, then you have four kids. You have um, four years, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not, not that, I'm not, not that good with locations and numbers today. What am I saying? Four years. So you have, you have all these years as a youth ministry in Illinois. Um, yeah. and so along the, in the midst of all of this going on, um, throughout these years, wh- when does this conversation start to come up about missions or specifically, um, the country of Hungary? What, what is, what is the process of that? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think one of the benefits of, of long-term youth ministry in one location is the fact that, you, you know, literally I grew as a pastor there. Um, I don't know how many pounds I grew, so I'm not trying to be funny yeah. in that direction. But, <laughs> right. but anyway, like, you know, I grew as a pastor, and so over time the church begins to realize my heart is not just for the youth, but it, it's through the lens of the youth for the church as a whole. Uh, and so they began to really allow me to serve them as, as a pastor. Um, and, and so that kind of deepened my heart, you know, not that I've uh, overlooked the youth, but then kind of through the youth to serve families, to serve the church as a whole. Um, but even with that, you know, this really came out of nowhere. Uh, like I said, you know, when, when I was ordained in 2009, every once in a while we would get phone calls or emails to say, hey, this opportunity is over here. Hey, this is happening over here. Are you interested? Hmm. Uh, kind of had a pattern of, you know, we wouldn't say no right away. We really love what God is doing here in Decatur, Illinois. And we feel passionate about, um, you know, especially having gone through a couple different pastoral transitions, most recently, just last year, um, kind of having survived the transition and navigated through uh, season of ministry, we felt really good about about what God was doing, about being a part of the fruitful ministry here, um, and so we we got an email um, just making us aware of the the potential. Some uh, you know, Jerry Coates had been over there, and he's like, "Hey, man, I, I met with this missionary, and they're talking about the need here for a family that's wired in specific ways, like your family." And you may not be interested at all, but if this sounds interesting to you, you know, holler back. And uh, as with any opportunity, my natural inclination was to be like, <laughs> right, you know, sure, yeah. uh, let's just give it some time. So I, right. you know, told my, told my wife about it right away, and I was like, hey, Sarah, if uh, if our kids come tomorrow morning speaking Hungarian, we'll know that this is from God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, both, we both pretty much just laughed at first. Because right. it was not something that was on our radar, and so it caught us off guard, and we we're like, surely this can't be our next step, you know, but we right. will take it seriously, and we will pray about it and and see what happens. But okay. at first, we very just, it wasn't what we were thinking. We were thinking we were going to be here in Decatur for the, the long haul, so. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> So so when does it come into so you're you're thinking about it, you're praying about it, but then what's what's the what happens next then? 
Yeah, so this was probably November of 2017. Okay. Uh, we first got the got the email, and we, you know, yeah, yeah, okay, we'll we'll, we'll give it some time. We we hold these opportunities before God, and we say, God, you know, this is something that you're interested in. Let us know. If not, this definitely doesn't seem like something we had any intention for originally. So, uh, and and this because of the way it was asked, and because. Um, we started to analyze, you know, we are kind of a uniquely wired family and, and it's a unique season in our life. Um, let's, let's keep praying. Um, and it was interesting within a couple of weeks, we kind of, uh, couldn't put it down. We couldn't, uh, we didn't feel okay sending off the usual, no thanks. Things are going well. Things were going well. We, we loved what God was doing here, but this, we just never felt released. To, uh, to kind of let this one go. So we, mm. we invited our kids. We didn't tell them anything about this specific opportunity, but we just told our kids, hey, you know what? Sometimes um, God wants to talk to our family through you guys. You know, God speaks to kids, too. Uh, we, were, we were really allowing God to do anything. Uh, we, we pray as a family uh, for years now. We've prayed... Um, how can we serve you as a family? How can we show God's love to the world as a home and as a family? And our kids know that, and they've prayed that prayer with us. And so we kind of asked our kids, hey, if God, if you ever feel like God is, is telling you something that, that you should tell mommy and daddy, uh, let us know, because sometimes God wants to speak to us through you. Right. And, and so I kind of opened the door to them to be praying with us. And oh, was it a day? Yeah. One one day later, our eight year old came to us the next morning and just said, "Hey, hey, uh, mom and dad, I feel like God told me something that He wants me to tell you guys." And we were like, "Okay, sure. Like God wants us to have a pony or, or what?" Yeah. You know, like we're <laughs> waiting to see what it was, and she was like, uh, "God wants me to be a missionary." What? <laughs> and we were like, we're. We looked at each other. I was like, wait, did you say something? And she's yeah. like, no, I didn't say anything. And yeah, and at this point, you know, we are both still asking questions and trying to process this kind of whole new world on our own. And um, so that was just one of the many ways that God just continued to push us forward in this process. Yeah. And wow. so after after we heard that, we just kept praying and we said, okay, let's, Let's just take the next step. And I think that's been the whole um, picture from the beginning is let's just take the next step. Let's just take the next step and, and see what God does. And if we keep hearing him telling us to move forward, then that's what we will do. Hmm. Yeah. And, and some of the things we didn't even realize until, you know, there was like six months or more of processing and prayer and visiting Hungary. And then when we finally made the decision, yeah, we think this is definitely what God's calling us to. Let's take a step that's kind of a, a solid, we, we're taking a step out, off the boat uh, in a way. Once we made that step, we looked back and we were able to find even other ways that over the past uh, years, years, years God has been preparing us. Yeah, yeah, just the way that he's wired us, things that we've been praying for and wrestling with as a as you know, just as a family, as a home, and as individuals. Wow. So it sounds like the, uh, so one of the main 
pieces was actually, um, like you mentioned, your eight-year-old, one of your kids actually kind of was the final or one of the final confirmations uh, in the process. And that was going to be one of my questions later, because even with just, you know, uh, you know, people will move for a job or whatever, they'll have to move to another, another city or another uh, state. And, you know, a lot of times kids get upset about that. They, oh, I got to change schools or, you know, what about my friends or this and that. And that was going to be one of my main questions. Um, so it sounds like the at least one of your girls is on board with this. Are they all, all pretty excited or some of them kind of a little bit nervous? Or how, are, how are they dealing with this? Yeah, we, we were not sure how they would take the news. And um, so we, we waited until the week before we were going to announce it at church just because um, we didn't want them to have to hold on to that secret any longer yeah. than, than they needed to without being able to share with their family and friends. Mm-hmm. And so we, we set aside some time, about four days, and our family loves to go camping. And so we took the girls camping and we just, we said, okay, we're going to set aside these four days. We're going to be together. We're going to tell them. We're going to allow time and space for them to process and for us to pray as a family. And so um, the first morning of our camping trip, um, Chadwick just shared with them what God had been doing in our hearts and the, the, the ways that he's been opening doors for us to move into ministry in Hungary. And Chadwick and I both were kind of anticipating tears. We were anticipating sadness and yeah. um, just leaving family and friends and their home and, you know, most of their toys and things, but that was not how they responded. They were all, all four of them were excited and they had lots of questions. They kept saying, is this for real? When can we go? When is wow. this happening tomorrow? <laughs> and um, so they were they were completely on board from the beginning, and and we know through the process there will be sadness when we say goodbye to people and right. and letting go of home and our possessions. But um, so far, there they have all just and that's that's another way that God has confirmed this step in our life. Um, our kids see the need um, for our family to go to Hungary, and they see how God is calling us, and they're with us on this faith journey and praying with us and seeing how God is answering prayers. Wow, yeah, that's great. And uh, that just, again, you know, God um, God speaks and, and, and gives the that, uh, that, that uh, joy and that peace, you know, about these things. And, and there could be a lot of unknowns, you know, moving to a new country, especially just, just not knowing what it's going to be like. But God is, you know, the source of giving them that peace and not only for them, but also for you guys as well. Um, in the whole process of what's been going on. Um, so right now, of course, you're still in Illinois. Um, and how long, when do you guys actually leave to go over there, kind of move everything over once and for all? Yeah, that. I mean, the, the easy answer is, uh, or the tough answer, actually, mm-hmm. but uh, that's up to God. Okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we've, we've been appointed uh, here in Decatur for another year that, that goes through the end of next April. Um so we're gonna we're just kind of beginning the process of mm-hmm. getting the word out and fundraising, and so if things go well and according to plan, uh, probably around April of 2019. Okay. Um, if if we need a little longer, hopefully we can get a little longer. If it goes crazy well, I don't know. Maybe we'd even leave a month or two early. Um, but we kind of put that into uh, put that into his hands. 
Okay, so in terms of preparations, the probably the biggest thing you're just kind of waiting is is to raise the money. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's a really big part of it. That and, and selling the house and sure, mm-hmm. figuring out the kind of some of the tangible details. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, so um, so what when do you know yet when you go there? Probably not, maybe not all the specifics, but maybe you know some of the the generals of of what you will mainly be doing in the country. Sure. Yeah. Well, we don't uh, we don't speak Hungarian yet. Okay. <laughs> that will that will be one of the goals is to to learn it as a family. We'll be taking lessons, um, but so naturally we will fit in really well with the English ministries in the beginning. Um, they they have missionaries there, uh, Jerry and Kati McNamara. That actually they're listeners of your show, so shout out to them. Okay. <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, but yeah, we'll be working with them and, and helping with a lot of the ministries that they have already uh, kind of gotten going. They they work with some of the established uh, church there already, and they do uh, several like home ministries, uh, small groups. They're they're doing mission trips to Romania. They have an English service that meets uh, every other week, I believe, right now. Um, with they're they're in conjunction with some of the Lutheran ministries that are going on there. Um, so really, just offering ourselves to be. A, uh, a a source of you know discipleship in the home and uh, showing people you know uh, my wife talk more about that okay um yeah um so part of um, why our family is uniquely qualified a couple things um, our youngest daughter um, is adopted and we have always had a heart for um, orphan care and so part of our work in Hungary, we'll be working with the orphanage mm. there in Jor, okay. and working with the kids with academics and just helping them to see their value in God's eyes. And also in conjunction with that, um, learning more about and um, helping with the set-free movement um, oh, okay. at, and the kids in the orphanage and um, trying to prevent trafficking. Um, and then also our... Um, one of my giftings and, and passions is hospitality, um, opening up our home. And as Chadwick said, um, through the past seven years, our church has had an emphasis on discipleship in the home. And so we, uh, and, and Chadwick especially, has been trained and, and has done a lot of study and reading on that. And we feel very passionate about um, making sure that discipleship is happening with families in the home and not just for an hour on Sundays. Hmm. And so that is one of the ways that we hope that God will use our family over there is to just model what that looks like for families, how to disciple your children in, in, at home um, as parents. And um, we also we homeschooled our four girls from the beginning, and um, so that also allows us flexibility and ministry and also opportunities for them to be involved in serving also. In the, in the American church, I mean, anybody who's listening can kind of understand there's a disconnect between what goes on on Sunday mornings and what goes on throughout the week, you know, and, and, uh, and to understand that it's not just about one hour a week where we grow in Christ, but it's 168 hours a week um, leveraging every single moment uh, for our identity and, and how God is perfecting our hearts and, and transforming us with his love. Um, we have become that kind of in some ways as the American church. The the church in Hungary 
was kind of forced into that direction because of communism and a separation of what happens in the state-run church and what happens in the private home. Mm. Uh, and even though even though the walls have come down and communism doesn't exist there anymore in in uh, law, there's still the impact of this separation between what happens one hour a week and what happens in my personal life and, and inviting people to see what it can look like to not only invite Jesus into our homes, but to open our homes as places where people can experience the grace of God. You know, John Wesley talked about the means of grace and, and uh, pursuing those and, and giving space for the, those kind of experiences in smaller groups and in home groups throughout the week and as families are shaped by the love of God together. Yeah. That's that's really great. Yeah, I've been um, doing some some studying on that recently. Uh, there's a few sermons I've been listening to, but then also just um, the same type of idea here in Youngstown. Um, and we have a few people that attend our church that live on the same street, um, and so the same street that I live on. And so just trying to think of um, that idea of you know instead of I don't know. There's been conversations in a lot of different churches of well, how can we have a big event, or what could we do to get people to come to the church? Um, and really, what I'm seeing at that, um, thankfully, it seems like a lot of churches are understanding and people are realizing is that actually, it's the other way around a lot of times. It's not how can we get people to come to the church, but it's um, that when you when you invite people into your homes, um, that was really kind of the model that Jesus had, and he didn't really have a home, so he just invited himself over to other people's houses. But... Uh, <laughs> But that kind of idea that, you know, it, it, he came, it says, eating and drinking. And so he came and that was kind of his model to seek and save the lost. He went in and he and he sat down, had a meal with people. And, and when you invite people into your house, I was reading something about this um, the other day and it was saying, you know, um, it, it's, you know, you think of one of those um, parties that you could get invited to where you go over to someone's house and then halfway through the meal, next thing you know, they're bringing out this thing like, well, you know, if you invest in this, you could make a thousand dollars working for me. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's the real reason. But most people, you know, they don't get invited uh, over to people's houses as much anymore in America. I um, mean, because of that, there's something that has happened in the church where it's just this idea people show up at the service and then, all right, well, we guess we'll see you next week. And that's kind of the church community, which isn't really a community at all. And so um, that's great. I mean, not only um, you, you've seen that, I'm sure, working, of course, in uh, Illinois there, and now you're able to be modeling this um, and, and seeing how this is going to uh, transition over in this other culture as well. Sure, yeah. And we'll be, you know, one of my original questions when we began investigating was, well, why us? You know, why why not just find uh, find somebody who is Hungarian who can do this, who already speaks the language, and right. and just uh, so the the response was that it's really hard to find a home that's shaped this way because of the impact of communism, because of the impact of what they've gone through as a people. And so we'll be trying to find and identify leaders and the homes and families that can take this kind of ministry and, and run with it. And so setting up the kind of development and training that, that would be necessary and helpful for the church to grow in some new ways. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. I, um, I want to go back to something that um, when Sarah was talking, she was saying a couple different things. And um, one thing that she had mentioned is, um, alongside the orphanage, working um, with the set free movement, and it sounds like 
Um, this is we had we had talked to um, Kevin Austin on this show quite some time ago, but he had talked about the idea that most people, when they hear about set free movement, they think about those who are already enslaved and setting them free, and that is a part of it. But it sounds um, as if um, you guys are going to be involved in what Kevin said is the biggest part, which is trying to identify uh, the areas where you know you can stop this before it even starts. Um, and is that is that right? Is that what you guys are going to be focused on as far as the set free movement? Yeah, that's um, one of their you know main focuses is prevention. And um, so we were able to spend some time also in Budapest when we were there um, with um, Ildiko, and she took us all around the town. But she also showed us um, they're the Free Methodist um, Ministry Center and um, told us how, like, all the different ways that they are trying to um, prevent trafficking. And, and she is a big part of that. Um, and, and going into schools um, and talking uh, and just, just educating. And that is, you know, that is part of what we hope to be a part of and endure is working in the orphanages and um, just and, and educating kids and giving them, helping them with their academics, giving them you know, value in, in God's eyes so that when it's time for them to leave the orphanage, they have choices um, instead of feeling like they're, you know, their only choice is to go with, um, you know, the man that is offering them uh, money and security and things that are, that are lies. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, prevention is, is the, a huge part of what they're doing there right now for the set free movement and educating also. I think that they're doing a lot of international travel. Um, the Jerry McNamara and Kati and um, the ministry there in Budapest, just to educate other people around the world about what is going on there in Hungary. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's so many different um, layers of what, what you guys will be doing. You know, um, um, that uh, I think you'll be busy for a while <laughs> over there. Yeah. Also, you got the, you got, you have, for our girls as well, so you you're gonna continue to be schooling them in the midst of all the other stuff going on. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, so what? I mean, we we've talked a little. We just kind of touched on the financial support, um, but maybe you could talk a little bit more about that. But just um, what ways um, can those who are listening, uh, the people that are listening, support you, and um, what's what's going on? Uh, maybe talk about some specific ways that that they could be praying as well. Sure. I think a lot of it is just uh, um, prayer. Obviously, the beginning, uh, to remember that that's not the least you can do. That's actually the most. You know, um, we, we've we gone through an adoption process previously where the financial aspect seemed daunting, and uh, the finances really ended up being the smallest aspect of having faith that God was going to, to carry this burden. Um, and so we're trying to trying to approach this in the same way, realizing that, Hey, God is the one that has kind of wired us this way and is urging us this direction. So we're really putting the burden back on him, trying not to feel the weight of the, the financial aspects. But yeah, the, the, the tangible aspects of um, we'd love to partner with churches that, that feel like this is something they want to connect with. Um, we, we're really beginning, like like we said, we're, we don't know a lot about the missionary world. We're we have a training. Uh, there, are, there are us and a few others who are uh, going to a new missionary training later this month. Um, so 
hopefully we'll learn more there, but we're also just beginning to reach out, doing things like this interview, doing things like where, uh, you know, because I've been in the Free Methodist Church for a little while now, just reaching out to anybody and saying, hey, you interested in, in connecting more or hearing more about what God's stirring here? Um, so, you know, we'd love to partner with churches. We, you know, I'm, I'm full-time at a church, but they have given us uh, permission to basically be doing this, also connecting with other churches and saying, how would you like to partner? What can it look like um, to not only, you know, connect financially, but to connect with the mission and to be in prayer? Um, so we have a website that we've, you know, put out. It's a very simple one at this point, but it's kind of a, as a basis for getting our information out. Um, I can put that now or if you want me to wait. No, yeah, you can let us know. And I'll also put a link to it in the show notes so people can look there and click on it as well. But tell us, what is that? What is okay. Yeah, the website is andersonfamily6.com. So it's andersonfamily6.com. And, uh, yeah, so being be in prayer with us as we're getting the word out that God would help us to get to, to, to reveal his heart in the midst of it all. Um, you know, just like with our adoption process, we were praying during those years to say we look forward to bringing our daughter home so that uh, so that it can make an impact on our home. We never realized that the, the four-year struggle to actually bring her home was a huge part of what God had in mind for forming us as a family and forming us by prayer and, and also revealing faith to other people, being kind of a living picture of what it looks like to, to not know what's going on but put it into God's hands. And so in the same way, we know that, that, yes, we're making plans to go to Hungary, and we leave sometime in, around April of 2019, but we know by experience that God doesn't want us to wait till we get to Hungary to begin revealing to others what faith in God looks like. So we hope that these, even these days of making connections and, and speaking like this and trying to help get the word out, these moments are incredibly important to the kingdom. Um, to the to just revealing what it looks like when we say, God, I have no idea what what's going on, and I don't have control, but mm. I'm putting this in your hands, and and we're praying as a family, and we believe that these moments of prayer, these moments of faith, are forming us in important ways. Yeah, that, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was just thinking um, in the things that you're saying, and just. And what you're, you guys are doing the opposite of what most people do, which is actually a good thing, which is that most people, because it's, it's just, I guess, what, what has been taught or whatever, is that the older you get, you just kind of try to become more and more stable. So maybe you get a, a more stable job, you get a, that promotion, you know, you kind of just start saving up and, you okay, we're kind of kind of settled into this house and now we've got kids, so, okay, now it's to get them into college. And so it's just like, it's kind of just the pattern people fall into, but what they end up finding out is like they they become less and less fulfilled somehow and i was talking about this at church yesterday is is there's some people who are even following jesus that's at the end of the day they say well wait a minute i'm following him but i still feel like there's some sort of purpose i'm missing out on and i and i pointed out to say that um if we don't find some suffering in the world and do something about it we may become miserable and so we have a, a faith in this trust in jesus um, but then it's, if we're just living just for ourselves or if we're just kind of going, well, just, this is what everybody does. So I guess this is my next step. We may find ourselves miserable if we're not doing something about the suffering in the world. 
Um, and so, you know, not that everybody is, is going to have to go out today and find out where they're going to be a missionary. That may not be every person's response, but uh, it is what you guys are doing. You're, you're finding this uh, meaning and purpose. And you're not going to, I can guarantee when you get out there, you're not going to sit there and hunger and go, well, I just still feel like I'm pretty, you know, like something's just not, something's really missing. I don't have any purpose right now because you have this clear um, you've call that hasn't just come up, you know, seeking adventure, but it's it's shown up in your life. And then, you know, God called you to something and you guys were just willing to do it. So that's a great um a great story and a great response and really a great example um, for, for people to be looking for what that thing is that God might be leading them into as well. Um, and uh, one, one thing that he might be leading you to do if you're listening now is to support um, the whole family, the whole Anderson family, and that could be financially, but he's, I, I don't think you need to think about if he's asking you to, to support them uh, through prayer. I think we can safely say he is calling you to do that. Uh, so if you would uh, keep the Anderson family in your prayers, um, even as you finish you know, this episode, that you would pray for them right now um, while it's fresh in your mind. Um, <clears throat> write their name down in the, in the, at the church uh, you know, prayer chain, those types of things, so that they could continue to be prayed for, that they would, uh, that they would have... Um, a, a clear, um, a, a clear mind to be able to learn the language and all those sorts of things as well. Um, but uh, that this is it's exciting, and I'll be excited to hear. It'll be less than a year if you guys leave in April. Um, yeah. Excited to hear what's going to be coming up soon. Yeah. So if, any, if anybody wants to uh, buy a house in Decatur sometime in the next year, give us a <laughs> holler. Or <laughs> okay. we're actually we're going to be also. I don't know. Some of the listeners may be at the Quiz National. Okay. in Greenville, Illinois. We're going to be there as a family. I'm speaking one of the mornings in the chapel services, so uh, if anybody wants to connect in person while we're there, that'd be great, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Make sure you uh, look for Wick Anderson and, and introduce yourself. Tell him that you heard about him. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Get those connections as well. Well, th- actually, one thing I always, at the end of interviews, I always just say, is there anything else that I haven't touched on that you guys are like, oh, I really wanted to say this or bring this up? Uh, what are we? <laughs> that always puts people on the spot too. Like, uh, should I say anything else? <laughs> you know, you to, um, but thank you guys for um, for coming on and for sharing this with us. And and when you, if you guys have updates or, or new things that you're coming uh, that you're finding out, let me know and I can share those things as well um, as new information comes along or as you guys have more to share. Sure, sure, definitely will. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, I will see you guys at some point. I'm not sure if we will or not connect up with you in person before you guys leave. Um, But if not, uh, I will be. be